0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli, That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, Week one is creeping upon us, and we realized that as the season's yet to get started, we've given you win totals for every single Power 5 team and many group of five teams. We've given you our win totals locks, the ones we feel the best about, and there was something missing. We haven't even given you our national championship picks. We have yet to give you our playoff picks, and so we are going to put our name to it. We are going to put it in stone, the official Cover 3 2021 college football playoff picks and predictions that will be coming up later in the show, Uh, but we are going to begin with a, a unique look at this robust week one slate because we have seen going into week zero that A lot can be determined. You know, there can be a great springboard for an Illinois team that is able to get a great home win and generate a lot of positivity, Uh, and there can be just devastating uh, results emotionally with narratives from a loss, as we saw from the other side of that with Nebraska. I think you could say the same thing about UCLA, but anyway, it got me thinking about stakes not meat, but just the stakes Mm. of the games and where do we have high stakes? And so uh, I wanted to attack this week one slate gentlemen with an idea of uh, which teams have the most to gain or the most to lose based on the contest this weekend, based on the kind of uh, results that could happen. And so uh, I guess Tom I, I just go ahead and get us started because I've got a handful here we might have some of the same and then I've got a few bonus ones if we need to pull it out but what's really got your eye in terms of teams that have a great chance to be able to you know improve their status improve the way we talk about them, perception and so forth and uh, and where might things get a little dicey?
1: Well I, I approach this more from a uh, like a probability angle too because like i I think yeah ohio state's got plenty to lose on thursday night if it loses to (laughs) minnesota but i don't think it's going to happen so i didn't really consider that for my list so i there's nothing on thursday i'll go in chronological (laughs) order so my first game is on friday and it is a acc matchup Mm -hmm. between a top 10 team and virginia tech and i think that that top 10 team north carolina Has a lot to lose if they, and it's in a tough situation. They're starting the season on the road at Lane Stadium, it's going to be a packed house. And the Tar Heels are looked at as, you know, the challenger to Clemson in the ACC. The other team that if anybody else has a chance to win the conference, it's North Carolina. If there's another team in the ACC to help prop up the conference's standing as far as the way it's viewed nationally, instead of it just being Clemson and 13 other schools, it's North Carolina. They've got Sam Howell, the guy who might be the first quarterback off the board in next spring's draft. If they go in and they open the season with a loss... I don't think we're going to see him back in the top 10 for the rest of the year, no matter what they do. Wow. I was riding with you till the end. They do have a cut. They
0: got that trip to South Bend to play Notre Dame. There's a, there's a few spots where they might be able to get it back, but you're hundred percent right that in terms of Sam, Howell being in the Heisman trophy conversation, in terms of North Carolina, I mean, losing a division game is not a good way to win a division that you have been predicted mm-hmm. to win. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think North Carolina has a lot to lose. And for the flip side of that, you could say that Virginia Tech has a lot to gain, but considering how far Justin Fuente needs to come in the hearts and minds of these Virginia Tech fans, I think one win might be sweet, but it might be a cheap high, right?
1: I, I think that's very possible. Sorry, Tom, t- go ahead. No, no, I, was, I, I think it was a David Hale tweet from last week to like with, with the Justin Fuente era where he was making the prediction for Virginia Tech this year and he said there's only two outcomes. Virginia Tech either exceeds expectations and Fuente leaves for another job or they they finish below expectations and Fuente is fired.
2: I mean, that that feels right to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do, I have some high hopes for this North Carolina team. I, I think there is a chance that their defense might be like really good. Right, if that defensive line arrives a year early, I really like their corners. I have a lot of confidence in their ability to score, even though they did lose quite a bit at the running back and a decent bit at the receiver position. Offensive line is a little bit of a prove it to me status, but I, I think I think if North Carolina is for real, we, we may know we may know pretty early. But Justin Fuente in opening games has been good, mm-hmm. and. He picked Braxton Burmeister over Hooker for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. I've never been like that enamored with, with Braxton Burmeister. Uh, but stay tuned for the locks pod tomorrow. I, I may have a, a surprising pick on this game.
0: Uh, Tom but. dropped Virginia Tech Moneyline into my brain on like Tuesday or Monday night on HQ. Uh, watch on CbsportshQ.com or on the CBS Sports app, and I can't get it out it's been rattling around like loose change under your car, under your seat in the car right now. It's just like Virginia tech money line, Virginia tech
1: money line. It's just, yeah, it's like, I feel like it's a situation where North, it's kind of like the Illinois Nebraska game. I feel like either Virginia or North Carolina is going to win and cover with ease or Virginia tech's pulling off the, like if the Hokies cover, they're pulling off an upset is how I feel.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I could definitely see that. Uh, I'll take us. We don't have to go in chronological order, you know, but I think that's a great place to start. Top ten team, uh, one of the early games. I'm going to uh, say a team with the team with the most to gain right now is the Penn State Nittany Lions because uh, James Franklin's had some success against Wisconsin, and so to even take in that probability of this happening into consideration, we at least have some recent history in this series, and Penn State could use a win. At Wisconsin as an absolute springboard to where they want to be. Now it's not going to close the gap with Ohio state and it's not going to let all of us know that Ohio state's in jeopardy when that Penn state game shows up on the schedule. But in terms of looking at Penn state as the second or third best team in the big 10 and being that team that maybe is deserving of a top 10 consideration and forgetting everything that went poorly a year ago, what, I imagine if Penn State does win at Wisconsin, it means that Sean Clifford has reversed that trend of throwing a billion interceptions every single time he's in the red zone on the road. So I just keep playing this out in my mind. You know, I, I think Wisconsin probably wins the game, but if Wisconsin loses, I don't think the, everything's falling apart for Wisconsin, especially the way it's looking for the rest of that division. And while a win, doesn't make me think Penn state can win the big 10. I just think it would go so far for the confidence of that roster, the confidence of Sean Clifford and um, you know, how we view this Nittany lions team after a disappointing season a year ago.
1: Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I had them on my list is one of the teams with the most to gain too, because like if, if going off the AP polls rankings to start the year, Penn state's the fifth best team in the big 10, like it's Ohio state, Wisconsin, and then they're ranked behind both Indiana and Iowa. I don't think Penn State's the fifth best team in the Big Ten I think it's probably much closer to being the second best team in the conference than it is the fifth so I think that from a perception standpoint like you said Chip a win over Wisconsin to start the season will do a lot to get people over what they saw from Penn State last year in which they started zero and five but then they won their final four games and they were dealing with COVID opt-outs and injuries all season long so I don't think that was a really accurate reflection of what Penn State was so I do think that Wisconsin probably wins this game more often than not but i don't think penn state like if penn state wins i don't think any of us are going to be shocked and if penn state does finish the season as the fifth best team in the big 10 where it's starting it that's either terrible news for the big 10 or awesome news for the big 10 does this line feel perfect to y'all
2: yes not not taking a game but like if it's three or less i'm going to bet wisconsin if I if I got something closer to a touchdown, I would take Penn State. This just feels perfectly in that zone. Like I think Wisconsin is like, you know, two ish points better, and home field advantage. I'll give Camp Randall too, even though I think home field advantage has diminished recently in college football. This just seems like a really good line. I know we were talking about this in the twenty four seven sports Slack chat yesterday, and people were throwing out their picks. I said, I don't see the value here on any side. Maybe, uh, but maybe you guys do. Which is honestly one of the most fun things about early season stuff. Is that everybody has wildly different opinions on these teams? As we get closer to the end of the year, if you still have wildly different opinions about about teams, it, it's it's different. Yeah.
0: What about you, Bud? What are what's a, a team uh, or or maybe a game that uh, that showed up to you where you were thinking about the stakes and uh, most to gain, most to lose?
2: I mean, I, I think you have to look at UCLA LSU, right? Uh, th- this is a very season-defining game for LSU. Uh, it is a potentially springboard game for UCLA. The line is down to three. Uh, Glad I cashed in on UCLA last week because that that thing certainly got hit after how they looked. But look closer in that performance. I'm really intrigued as to how this thing is going to go. Uh, Obviously, a lot of stakes for both these teams. UCLA didn't show a whole lot in their run game. They basically ran the same couple plays over and over again. They did some stuff where they you know they had had the back same side but ultimately if they have some wrinkles planned they didn't really show a whole lot of it they didn't throw a lot of RPOs off some of those looks uh, they did scheme some guys open against Hawaii but Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh he he missed them I think that the actual like styles of this game matchup is going to be really intriguing so LSU is one of those teams that I'm very confident can man up and play UCLA UCLA's receivers are... I don't think are that good. I think their tight ends are pretty nice. I like their offensive line, but UCLA or LSU to, to stop the run, and they were a poor run stopping team last year. How much of that do you want to attribute to Bo Pelini, and how much of that do you want to attribute to you know, maybe their front seven not being all that great against the run? I anticipate LSU trying to play a lot of man, a lot of single high, m- m- daring UCLA to win on the outside with those receivers and to combat the run game by throwing numbers at it. Right, they're going to try to be plus one. In the box to fill those gaps. Does Chip Kelly have some tricks up his sleeve for them? I don't think LSU is going to just physically whip them at the point of attack, but they could outnumber them. That's very foreseeable. Can Chip Kelly scheme guys open on offense? You know, if they get a lot of that one rat look, you know, they're they're probably they I know they try to run mesh a lot, but they're probably not gonna run, you know, a, a a ton of mesh. They'll run their Y cross stuff, they'll run their four Verts stuff, but that's gonna come down to Can Dorian Thompson-Robinson hit guys right there? Uh, Now, on the other side of this game, I think it's also fascinating because UCLA is an extremely veteran team. They have a good front seven. They're pretty physical. I think they have uh, some speed on the back end, but they're going to try to confuse and get a whole lot of free runners at the quarterback. Max Johnson, who won the job by default, they're very excited about Max Johnson, and they're really excited about their receivers there in Baton Rouge, although Houston this week. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with the folks in Louisiana who are still without power. LSU is practicing, I believe, in in Houston this week. Um, LSU's their pass protection last year was okay. Their run game was not very good. New offensive coordinator trying to throw it back to the Joe Brady days. I'm just fascinated by this matchup. I really think there's a lot of fun scheme stuff to watch here. How many free runners at Max Johnson can UCLA create? What level of risk are they willing to take in order to create those free runners? They loved all those blitz packages they have. Uh, and can LSU run the ball?
0: Is one rat uh, like yeah, cover I, I one so. with like the like a cover like one robber yeah, almost? Yeah. The same thing? Will, you, will, you, give, will you give a quick like, uh, I mean, for the listeners, because we've had listeners in the mailbag. And by the way, have you all
1: done your St. Jude call yet? I did two of them. I'm doing mine this afternoon,
0: so Thomas, uh, I've, thank you so much for uh, your your charitable contributions. He revealed himself to be like a mailbag all- star. like for like two years, going back to those like early off season nineteen or twenty mailbags, He's given us some goodies. I'm not gonna reveal his uh, his Apple review username, but uh, but he's, it was great to have a conversation with him. He's going to continue to listen. I'm sure that he's he's listening to this right now. And it reminded me that the mailbag is uh, going to be something that we are going to work in here. Uh, we're not going to leave it alone once we get into the rhythm of the season. In fact, now that we have some you know hard games and storylines and narratives to break down, I'll be honest, I'm more excited about that than I am about another conference realignment hypothetical. Much love to all the conference realignment hypotheticals, but leave a five-star review and leave your question within that. Um, Thank you to Thomas and everybody else who ended up winning those St. Jude auctions. Um, Yeah, uh, I want to make sure that our listeners... You know, One rat, mesh, four verts. I think four verts is pretty popular at this point, but I want to make sure the listeners that want to learn about scheme from this podcast, even in bite-sized pieces, that we get some explainers whenever you get into that language.
2: So one rat, right? You're, you're, you're playing man across the board. You have a single high safety and zone coverage who's going to try to eliminate the middle of the field with the deep ball. And you have a rat player or a robber player who's essentially playing uh, short zone coverage, generally in the middle of the field. You can shade him to, to one hash or another who's going to try to rob... Uh, short stuff and basically the, and also can you can kind of play one rat with a spy which I would probably do against Thompson Robinson because he's fairly mobile and you're going to try to force the ball make the offense force the ball uh, to the outside receivers it's a high risk high reward defense it's one that LSU has played for shoot I mean Saban played it when he was there and they they've always had the because they've the got the NFL TV.
0: guys at corner who can be able to yeah do it and they the run more
2: than that obviously but I mean if you're gonna try to, if you're gonna try to outnumber them, they'll they'll play some three. They may play some some you know some roll two stuff. Uh, but I, yeah, like they're gonna force LSU to win on the outside, or L- UCLA to win
1: on the outside. Um, yeah, as, as I was gonna say another way, like another generic way to think of it too. Like the the process behind it is. It's kind of like cover two, except instead of asking your safeties to cover, you know, each get one side of the field and one half, you're basically stacking them on top of each other between the hashes. And that way, the only thing that's going to be open is the outside. So if you don't think your opponent can really beat you to the outside of the hashes or has the QB or the receivers to do it, it's a pretty solid base to work off of.
0: And in your review of Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, I remember I brought it up on the call, and I think that you had a counter that UCLA was running so much base stuff that maybe the the completion percentage maybe isn't the biggest concern but should it be a concern especially when we're thinking about trying to make those throws on a third and long when you're trying to force it down the sideline into one-on-one with a wide receivers that we think are probably going to be at a talent disadvantage against LSU's corners
2: i think so chip absolutely if you think LSU is going to win this football or if you think UCLA is going to win this football game rather you are most likely betting on them Having success on early downs and staying out of, of passing downs, I, I really don't like their chance with their pure drop back game when non play action, non RPO stuff against LSU's pass defense. I think LSU will have a strong pass rush. I really like their secondary, assuming all their guys are you know healthy and gonna play. I listened to the Go Twenty Four Seven podcast, and they've certainly had some dudes out. Uh, I think McLughtern had McLeodern's had some issues. I think Stanley was out for a little while, but I think more guys are expected to play uh, than not there, and they're very deep there. If they have to get in third and long type situations, some teams can, can can get out of those. I do not believe it UCLA, given its QB receiver combo, is equipped to do that. They will have to find ways to create explosive plays on early downs with the RPO game, with the hard play action game. And Chip does usually do a pretty good job of scheming some guys just WTFO, right? Mm-hmm. Wide the open. Um
1: we'll we'll see. We'll see if he can do that against LSU.
0: Tom, what else is on your list?
1: uh let's see here on my list i've got my next one i had was obviously this is a lot to gain but this kind of goes against my probability that i mentioned at the top but it is one of the bigger games of the weekend so i figured we should discuss it if miami beats alabama (laughs) obviously it is a lot to gain do i think that is going to happen no But if there's ever a time for Alabama to get upset by somebody, we're not expecting it to happen. It would be in the first game of the season with a new quarterback, a lot of new faces all over the field, replacing others, because I feel like once they settle in and get going, Alabama becomes an unstoppable juggernaut. So maybe it's at its most vulnerable in the very first game of the season.
0: And I don't think Alabama, like it would be a a major overreaction, but how much would Alabama lose? Stakes-wise?
1: Not much. I mean, I think we'd, we, there'd be a lot of jokes at its expense for losing to Miami, and there'd sure. be a whole lot of the U.S. back jokes, but I think once Alabama got to the SEC schedule and started winning again, it would be like, oh, okay.
0: Wasn't it Ohio <laughs> State lost to Virginia Tech, but then won every single game the rest of the way?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Teams. The reason I,
2: I have a hard time seeing Miami win this game, other than just all the talent stuff, which is obvious, is that I do think Bama's defense is good enough in the ways that will bother Miami, that even if Bama's offense sputters, I think Saban can still just go screw it. We're just going to run the ball, play defense. We're get out of here, and I'll, I'll gripe at the press conference. And we got to get more explosive, and you know that, that. I just think, I think they could they could boa construct these guys if they want.
0: I 100 percent agree, and I will not elaborate much more because I don't want to <laughs> spoil my lock. One of my favorite <laughs> plays the whole week. Is in that big game. Um, okay, I've got, a, I've got a little bit of a cheeky one, and so I apologize uh, if this comes off as a little too, yeah, but a team with a lot to lose potentially and not much to gain is Nebraska. But it does not have to do with Fordham. It has to do with Illinois, which is only a five-and-a-half-point favorite against a UTSA team that we think might be okay. If Illinois loses to UTSA, how does the Nebraska fan feel, regardless of what happened at Fordham, when that team... Just went and lost to that team. I mean, I feel like the Nebraska fan, Tom, you shared something from the Nebraska message boards. The Nebraska yes. fan is already looking at Illinois being favored by five and a half and doing the transitive odds making in their head and just dreading what their current power rating is.
1: Yeah, shout out to whoever it was on the uh, Nebraska 24 7 board who said that the reason UTSA was only a five and a half point dog is because they can cover, they're ready for both odd and even man fronts. <laughs> but I, no, I, I agree with you, although I will say, first of all, how dare you? But right. secondly, I mean, it's not impossible, but I I, I don't think I, – I think it's it's not homerism or just – I think based on what I saw against Nebraska and what Illinois was able to do as far as hemming in Nebraska's rushing attack, since UTSA is very much a rush-heavy team, they have Sincere McCormick, who's one of the run, better running backs in the country that most people probably aren't all that familiar with – I think Illinois will do be able to do a pretty decent job of holding that in and forcing UTSA to beat them in other ways. So I don't, I don't want to spoil any of my locks for this week, but I don't know if Nebraska is going to have too much to worry about in that area.
2: I, I just, again, I, this will not be one of my locks at this point unless something weird happens, unless I find a different angle. UTSA is trendy as hell. That's all I'm yeah, going to say. Yeah. Like, I would be on UTSA if everybody didn't love UTSA. There's another team... This week, by the way, it was extremely trendy. The line has continued to go exactly the way I wanted it to. That will be on one of my locks tomorrow. Uh, I think we talked about it on Monday. Mm, all right, bud. Need another team here that has a lot to lose. All right. Um, here's one. Let's Let's go to a Big 12, Big 10 matchup. Both these teams want to go to a bowl game, West Virginia and Maryland. Both these teams have something to prove on one side of the ball. We know Maryland's offense is pretty good, I think. Uh, we believe West Virginia's defense is still good, maybe not great, uh, but, you know, got to see, can they score any points? Can Maryland's defense stop anyone? This three-point spread, two-point spread game in Maryland, this is kind of one of those early season-defining games, right? There, there's just, if you lose this game, it is difficult for you to make a bowl. Mm-hmm. It is, and there's definitely stakes here. There's, you know, Neil Brown has something to prove in his third year. I think Loxley does as well. Nobody's getting fired over this game, but it's a really important game that both these teams need. I, I expect them both to to be able to come out sharp. They should be focused for it.
0: I'm not sure that they'll be focused but i bet okay. it'll be a fun game and i definitely <laughs> agree with the idea of stakes i just don't trust west virginia or maryland to be at that like 100% consistency i'm it's not gonna be wild yeah i'm not gonna <laughs> uh fumble out the back of the end zone or like hand the ball to the ref before a touchdown happens or Completely blow a coverage assignment because I'm just hyped up because it's the first game of the season and I'm a first time starter. Like, mate, that that would be awesome and it would be it would reflect great on what's ahead for both of these teams if that's the case and they play some great mistake free football. But I I agree that whoever wins that game feels much much better about their bowl chances because they were both sitting on what was it West Virginia is like a six and a half mm-hmm. Maryland might be what. Five and, five and a half, and a half or
2: something. Yeah. yeah, they were five and a half.
0: Yeah, both of them had that one circled as a, a game where over or under, bowl or no bowl, what are you doing over the holidays? Like, that's that's going to tilt based on uh, the result of this game.
2: Are you, are you guys going to have any locks on Texas A&M, Kent State?
0: I was thinking Texas A&M, but I think I'm just going to leave that as an expert pick on cbsports.com
2: Same. I'm fascinated by this game. because who's going to win, but like the... Matchup of pace here is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Texas a them last in the nation in adjusted pace; they play slower than anybody relative to their run-pass ratio. Kent State, I think, was like second or third in yeah, the nation they in move tempo. Quick. Like you don't see this happen very often, right? The, like literally a top five pace team versus a bottom bottom one pace team <laughs> <laughs> last year. Uh, this is pretty fascinating to me. I, I really, I, I wonder. Can the better team dictate the pace? Does A and M still want to go slow? A and M did go a little bit quicker in their spring game, which was interesting to me. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if they if they do that a little bit here, that could be interesting.
1: My my prediction is that Texas A and M's defensive front is going to be able to dictate the pace with Kent okay. State's offense. I think so too. Uh, my, my next game is actually it's kind of <clears throat> along the same lines as the one you just talked about, but with like the West Virginia, Maryland with the stakes, but it's kind of the opposite because, well, I think that game could be wild and zany. This game will probably be slow and boring, but I'm looking at Stanford and Kansas State. Very similar situation for both teams. Like if you look at their win totals, Kansas State was at five and a half. I know I'm on. I, I locked up the over on that. I, Stanford was what? Six, six and a half. But. Uh- no, Stanford was lower than that. Four and both. a half. So they were four and a half. Four ha- and so, a half, yeah. Like, this is an important game for both teams if they're thinking of getting to a bowl game in 2021, if that's their idea of a successful season. So very much along the same lines. I think it's in Manhattan. I think it's the the winner of that game is going to have a much higher chance of reaching a bowl game than the loser.
0: I mean, I, I think it's going to be a uh, Stanford get exposed moment, but... You know, we'll see.
1: Well, considering I've got, um, I'm heavily invested in Kansas State being over its win total, so I hope that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: not that you uh, wish anything uh, ill will on that. Um, no, I uh, I did mention this in in my example, so there's there's no spoiling it for you all. But I think that uh, USC and San Jose State is a spot where San Jose State. Probably the team with a lot to gain, but I am far more interested by the potential of a USC loss and just the way that that could uh, bring things into focus. Now, I I think that uh, San Jose State probably ain't going to be able to get stops. USC's offense should be able to move the ball against San Jose State down the field. Uh, we should see Keaton Slovis uh, with that wide receiver room be able to hit on explosive plays. And even if we don't have... Um, you know, Keontae Ingram, the former Texas running back who showed out in the spring. I, I could still see that, you know, rush, rushing attack, maybe not being in line that offensive line, not having a lot of cohesion. If the same frustrations, again, this is a USC team that did not lose a regular season game last year, five and zero before they lost to Oregon in the PAC 12 championship game if some of the same frustrations of the last couple years start popping up and if, you know, having elite pass rushers just isn't enough to rattle Nick Starkle man, San Jose state beating USC would be awesome for San Jose state, but I don't quite think that they would then spin that into a college football playoff, you know, old school BCS buster season. But I think a loss to San Jose state would set USC off on a, a very, very different track Especially if it's paired with a UCLA win over LSU where all of a sudden this Trojans team, we're looking around and we're like, are they the fourth or fifth best team in the Pac-12? And if USC is the fourth or fifth best team in the Pac-12 at this point in the Clay Helton era, well then that's it. That's, yeah, we're, we're headed in that direction. I... I think that I will say I'll put them on upset alert, but more than anything for this conversation, I feel like they've got a lot to lose against a quality team that uh, powered through a tough season a year ago.
1: They're on my sprinkle list. It could happen. I don't think it's insane. I mean, I think if you if you look at it from a talent perspective, there's absolutely no way in hell that USC should lose to San Jose State. But San Jose State is a very well-coached and very disciplined, smart team. And like you said, and I like I've said many times, I don't think USC is as well coached as San Jose State. So yeah, it's very much a possibility.
0: Week one, yeah. two PM, local kickoff, you know, just a maybe it just catches you off guard. All of a sudden, you know, you gotta start pressing a little bit. Mm, I think it's uh, I think it's a, a very, very sneaky spot because the average college football fan sees USC and San Jose State. And figures that San Jose State should be a team that loses by 30 to USC. The point spread is 14. And we all are at least entertaining the idea that the Spartans could win that game.
2: Mm -hmm. Bud, you got any others? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of games that have some real implications this week. Obviously, Clemson, Georgia, but I, I assume we'll have some some locks on that. I, I, we could probably save it for tomorrow. Well, and I was going to
0: say that game doesn't have stakes.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there's no stakes that was, to that game.
0: Yeah, like both teams, whoever wins, we still think of them the same way. And whoever just, loses, we probably still think of them the same way
1: unless one of them gets absolutely boat raced like if if it's like a 42 to 10 score that could really damage the losers chances of getting to the playoff later even if they rebound because people are like yeah but they lost by 32 to the, yeah but so, you know
2: big
0: game Dabo and kirby want to play 24 yeah, 21 ain't nobody getting blown happen. out I'm of the just, water i'm saying you don't think
2: if you win that game you basically get you, you, you get basically a freebie loss if
1: it's <sighs> the right loss yeah, it depends on the loss. I mean, I think, I think, it, I think this game is meaningless to Clemson. To be honest with you, I think whether they win or lose, they're going to run right through the ACC yeah. and win the conference to get to the playoff anyway. So it's for Georgia, maybe. I think for I think for Georgia, this is an important, more important for a win because they've got a much tougher path going forward. Um. All right. Let's let's go to a different one then.
0: I thought that was funny for this conversation. Like, I I thought that that was a unique thing to be like, yeah, you know what? Let's talk about games with stakes because the biggest freaking game on the schedule that we're all talking about, it's, I don't think it, I don't think it means a lot.
1: it be great. It's like one of those, it's like one of those early regular season like college basketball, like they have like two top teams playing at a neutral site. Kentucky and, it's like, and dude. Everybody watches it. Yeah. But the result is absolutely no importance to anything. Have you thought about,
2: um, Houston, Texas Tech.
0: Very important for Texas Tech. Less important for Houston. Texas Tech needs that win to make a bowl game.
2: They definitely do. I, I think it is important for Dan Holgerson, right? If you get that mm. win, that's a, that's a big win. Like, like na on the national s- national scene, we won't care. If you're a Houston booster or a Houston mega booster, one in particular, like you might care about beating a Big 12 team. Mm-hmm. Wait,
0: isn't he like on the board of that? regents?
2: I'm not totally sure, uh, but obviously he's got you know billions. He doesn't he own the Rockets?
1: Yes. Yes. So,
2: you know, that's
1: helpful.
0: What's the name of his book? Hold on.
1: Uh, It's something like Screw You, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's see. It's called Shut Up and Listen. There we go. (laughs) Oh, man. Shut Up and (laughs) Listen. Hard Business Truths That Will Help You Succeed. I mean the idea that you need to be a good listener, I get it, but when it's like shut up and listen in big letters with your face as big as all the words,
1: I mean is it uh, alpha stuff uh, I'm gonna gonna right there into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh i've got I've got one game left on mine that I think is pretty interesting and it's it's for both teams. I think it's a very important game. I think Iowa, Indiana is like. A very not headliner game but it is two ranked teams and i think that the ramifications are big for both because i think for iowa if you're going to win the big 10 west you can't afford to be losing to indiana to open the season when you still have the rest of that schedule to play through the division and i think for indiana like this is a team that had a very strong 2020 season who is coming into the year ranked 17th in the ap poll and is on people's radar and if they come out and they lose their very first game of the season to Iowa, I think that's really going to hurt the perception of the Hoosiers in 2021, particularly you know, when they've still got, they can't really afford to be losing to Iowa when they've still got games left against Cincinnati, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. So like, this is, I think, a very important game for Indiana. I think it would also, if they go on the road for the season opener and beat Iowa, I think that's a very big kind of statement win for them to say, hey, no, no, last year was not a fluke. This line keeps coming down, open six and a half,
2: three, three and a half.
1: It's at three now, right? I see in
2: some three and a half on screen and some three, but yeah, I I mean, basically like, yeah. See, I
0: thought that line, I thought that was uh, the Penn State, Wisconsin and the Indiana, Iowa. I I thought both those lines were pretty good. I think it's, I've got questions about both teams and I have a general confidence in a high floor sort of proposition for both teams.
1: It is trending towards three in to some places though, so if you are gonna bet Indiana, you might want to get it while you could still find a hook. I will have a play on this game.
2: Just gonna sit back.
1: That I no, I will have a play on this game. Ooh, tomorrow? That
2: I have not put out yet. Yeah.
0: And it's not in your best bets column that I'm not gonna read not, until after yet. we after we record Correct. our locks. Yeah, you
2: did that too.
1: What? <laughs> I, I saw, I saw Bud tweet his best bets call. Really should go, hey, no, I'm not going to read it. I no, don't, yeah,
2: don't
0: definitely
1: understand. not.
2: Yeah, you can't. Yeah. It spoils not all the you fun. Would steal from it, but you want to have your own like, yeah, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to po- poison the well. I don't want to know what's coming. Yeah. Plus I'm due for a terrible week. So <laughs> did you guys see the private chat note by the way?
0: Yes, I did. We're, all right. Good. We're about to be there coming up on the other side. We are finally going to do it. We're putting our name to some official picks. The official cover three
3: college football playoff and national championship picks coming up next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. That's t a i l o r b r a n d s dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
0: There's a there's a lot of lessons that we've uh, that we've learned over the last couple of years, and and one of them is that sometimes it's. I don't know, better to do stuff at home. As we were forced to learn how to do more things at home, I've I found a, a lot of preference in doing stuff at home. Now we've always known that like sleeping in your own bed or being able to watch a movie where you can hit pause and get your own snacks for free 99 from the fridge rather than having to go to the concessions, all those things are are stuff we're used to doing it. But but what about the workout experience and what about like a, a really uh, intense and productive workout experience so, or you can choose lots of different options and you can choose them with Peloton Tom Peloton army right there, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Apollo Forza on Peloton. You like it? I, my, my quads don't like it as much as I do, but I, I do like it. Yes. My legs right now are barking after doing a, a 45 minute power zone ride the other day. So.
0: The community, uh, and he just gave you his, uh, his username right there. The community is fantastic. The way that you can get in, uh, and all work out together can give you that same experience that you would get at a workout class, but you get it all from the comfort of your own home. And it is with the Peloton bike because there's nothing like working out from home. You can learn more about the Peloton bike at one peloton.com. New members can try Peloton classes free for 30 days at one peloton.com com slash app that is one o n e peloton p e l o t o n dot com slash app one peloton dot com slash app terms apply with the peloton bike there is nothing quite like the workout that you can get from the comfort of your very home all right this is uh this, this is an exciting time because while we've given you our over-under win totals, while we've given you all kinds of, you know, props and odds and, and selections, I mean, this is just, this is the, the meat and potatoes. They've been doing this kind of stuff, or, you know, college football preview magazines for decades, newspapers for decades. And, and I, I want to make sure that, uh, that we have some accountability so that when the college football playoff is announced in mid-December, we're able to say, see, you had it right all the way back on September 1st. So um, here were the things that, uh, that we're going to roll out for you. We're going to do our top four. We're going to do our next two out, our uh, championship matchup and our champion. Let's go ahead and, and run through the, uh, the whole, everyone will all show our whole slates and then uh, then we can break it down. So Tom, why don't you uh, get us started with your, uh, with your top
1: four? My top four. <clears throat> Shocker at number one. Alabama at number two Ohio state at number three Clemson at number four Oregon
0: God backed himself right into that Oregon pick
1: digging in digging
0: in I've I've been there I mean I I was out here with USC in the playoff like three times over
2: uh but what what about you I'm, I'm a little more chalky um I Man, I really was going to be all about Georgia and these preseason injuries. I don't like it because I feel like it reduces their margin of error real, real low. Um, I have Ohio State 1 for the playoff seed, Bama 2, Clemson 3, Oklahoma 4. Uh, first out, I do have UGA and Oregon as my, my second out. But I really struggled there. I almost had Wisconsin.
0: Tom, what were your uh, first two out?
2: Uh, I'm sorry. Five. Did I screw that up? I
1: was not supposed to. It's say all right. That. No, that works. You, you ruined the whole show. <laughs> uh, number five, I had Oklahoma at number six. I had Georgia.
0: I have uh, Ohio state in my one spot as well. I have Oklahoma in the two spot. My prediction being that both of those teams are going to get through their entire schedule without a single loss. And they both finish undefeated Georgia, I think could have a loss. I've got them at the three spot, and then I've got Clemson at the four spot. Uh, the prediction being that they win on Saturday against Georgia, but because their schedule is uh, charmin uh, in a lot of the metrics, the uh, the playoff selection committee maybe uh, slots them at number four because I've got Georgia over Alabama in the SEC championship game. Alabama is my number five. Uh, I think that that'll probably get you more credit than Clemson beating North Carolina. So uh, number five, Alabama tough break for the tide. Uh, that would be two times in three years of missing the college football playoff. And then I've got Cincinnati as my number six. I think Cincinnati is a touchdown better than everyone else in their conference. And I think they win one of the two games against Indiana and Notre Dame, but I, uh, I don't think they win both and that's what they would need to, uh, to send Tom Furnelli in into all kinds of mental fits with a team from the group of five in the college football playoff. It's it's not happening. It's never happening. It's
1: never gonna happen.
0: Okay, what about uh the title pick? And first a uh, championship game and winner.
1: Uh well here's I'll I'll give you even more background into my picks here. The reason I've got Oregon at four and Oklahoma at five is I think that Oregon it's only loss will be to Ohio State and it will run through the Pac-12 and then win the Pac-12 championship. And I think Oklahoma is going to go undefeated during the regular season and then lose the rematch in the Big 12 championship with whether it's Iowa State or Texas. So that loss at the end is going to push them out of the four and Oregon's going to go to four. And even though Ohio State and Alabama are both undefeated, Alabama will be put at one so the playoff committee can avoid the Ohio State-Oregon rematch in the semifinals. So that's all my conspiracy and that's how everything's going to work out. As for how those games will go, I've got Alabama beating Oregon in the semi, and then I've got Ohio State beating Clemson in their semi, again setting up for yet another Alabama-Ohio State title game. But this time, Ohio State's going to take home the title.
0: If we're all on the Buckeyes, then we might have become an Ohio State podcast. And not that we need to be an Ohio State podcast, because Bucknuts does a fantastic job. Dave Biddle does a fantastic job. But are you picking Ohio State? Win this national championship, too?
2: Yeah. Okay. We're an Ohio Um, State podcast. (laughs) Now, look, do I think Ohio State is the best team out there? Maybe. I do think their path to the playoff is really the reason to go with this. Okay? Because I think they can get in with a loss because the Big Ten is respected enough. And I think their schedule is really – it is more difficult than Clemson. I don't want to make that comparison. But it's not – like a crazy hard schedule. I also like when some of the teams on their schedule fall. So I, I do have Ohio State in uh, as, as my title team. Um, I, had more t- I had more trouble figuring out Bama or Clemson. I think Clemson could have a dominant defensive line. Offensive line, we'll see. How well does Alabama's new offense mesh? But I, I am going to take uh, Nick Saban's squad over Dabo. So a rematch of last year's title game with Ohio State winning it this sport is so chalky. I really like, this is why we got to talk about our teams too, because I mean, it's so chalky.
0: Mm -hmm. I like of it. I think of it as boxers, you know, like where you've got different eras. Yeah. And or in there's like, for example, um, in the, the four that I lined up, I would have Ohio state and Clemson playing in a semifinal. They have quite the history in the college football playoff. That is awesome. I've got Ohio state winning that game. I've got Oklahoma and Georgia playing in a semifinal. They have quite the history, even though it's just one game. That was a pretty great game, epic Rose Bowl. Um, And I've got this time Lincoln gets a little bit of revenge. So we have Ohio state and Oklahoma uh, in the national championship game. These are two teams that I think uh, I've got more confidence in them, not only because of their ability to put up points and explosive plays, but they also have depth at the quarterback position in ways that Clemson and Alabama and Georgia do not. That if they have to go to their number two for any reason, any reason, close contact, you know, like positive test, injury, whatever. If I feel like Ohio state and Oklahoma are both set up to do that. I've got Ohio state over Oklahoma in a high scoring future of football kind of national championship game. Ryan day gets to claim his first title as Ohio state's head coach.
2: Do you know who I do not have winning the national title? And something, something I'm very disappointed in. I'm glad I unloaded some risk. South Carolina is literally starting the GA at quarterback. <laughs> the guy who was terrible at Iowa State and terrible at North Dakota State.
1: Uh, not high? Not high on him? Not, not particularly.
2: That,
0: so I, was <laughs> asked, uh, I was asked on the radio yesterday. They said, is this going to turn into one of the great stories in college football? I said, no. It's, like, he's not, this isn't Kurt Warner bagging groceries. The guy was playing college football recently. Like yep. he's, he's not the 29 year old, you know, this isn't a redemption just, story where washed people at home get to imagine that they get to, you know, project their own dreams onto this story. Zeb Noland is like very recently a competitor in college football. And as Shane Beamer said himself, Zeb Noland's got more recent playing experience than anybody else in the quarterback room.
1: Yeah, this isn't like Scott Bakula necessary roughness. This is this is a guy who was literally playing a few months ago. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, go ahead.
2: Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tom. My bad.
1: No, I was just gonna say, going back to what you were saying, though. Another point I wanted to touch on when you were talking about like Ohio State and its path to the playoff. I think one of the things that's going to be interesting to follow this year, and something I'm interested in, is because we we've, we've talked for the last few years about like Clemson and the ACC and how it's just a super easy path for them in that conference. I think we're kind of seeing a situation that's very similar in the Big Ten. But with the ACC, at least there are programs like North Carolina who are kind of closing the gap. And I'm not sure anybody else in the Big Ten is really closing the gap on Ohio State. I think that gap is getting wide and the Big Ten is kind of heading in a direction where it's going to be kind of like the ACC is now in a few years. I very much agree with
2: that. I think there are some teams who are really jockeying for that number two spot, um, but yeah, I think Ohio State has has distanced itself some. By the way, you guys remember the name Austin Kendall? Oh Speaking yeah. Of, yes. of Chip, Chip's runner-up pick, uh, he transferred very late in the process to lock Tech, and has won that starting job.
1: <laughs> and he was at, he transferred originally from Oklahoma to West Virginia, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah,
2: that's interesting. In what way? I mean, he had some talent coming out.
0: Okay, yeah, you you,
2: like you liked him at at one time. Potential-wise, yeah, like I, I I just for him to win that job so quickly. uh, I think their starter for La Tech is still hurt, so maybe that's winning by default. I don't really know, but just that that one caught my eye as far as other updates, and also Zach Evans is going to be out for the first two series. The TCU running back. be for team rules stuff. So I may live bet that if I can find a FCS thing and Dion Hankins, the UTEP stud, uh, still not of practice. So not really sure what's going on with UTEP this week.
0: We give Gary Patterson, you know, this reputation of being able to get the open box specials and your co- comments on, uh, Nebraska, you know, have, have sort of made me think about like, okay, well, what are you, if you're a program that takes some of these guys, but, you know, you think you, you can be able to help them improve and get back on the right track. It feels like Zach Evans, all of the potential in the world that makes scouts drool and Gary Patterson is still fighting. And he's still working hard to be able to, uh, to, to get that to come to fruition right now.
2: Yeah. Okay. But Zach Evans is a total stud. It's worth the investment.
0: Right. But it wasn't for Georgia... Or who else was in it at the
2: end? Uh, yeah. yeah. Georgia. LSU, was it? A&M was involved. LSU. I think those were the three, if I recall,
1: down the stretch.
0: Hey, all of my TCU, not all of my TCU optimism, much of my TCU optimism does rely on the idea that Zach Evans is uh, at least
1: available and able to play.
0: Available <laughs> and able to play. Yeah. He, he, he might not have all of his assignments down, but uh, Tennessee was in the mix as well. Uh, thank you, Jordan, uh, for that one. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Farnell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson tomorrow, Thursday, live, 11 o'clock every Thursday. The locks. You can stream it live at youtube.com slash cover three podcast listeners. You will still get it the way you always have right around your lunch break. I'll we'll fire it off as uh, as soon as we get done uh, you know, exporting, uploading, you nerds know what I'm talking about. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.